0: Welcome to Better Roads, a podcast with Randall Bach, President of Open Bible Churches. Everyone has a story to their journey, and God loves to participate in those stories. Join Randall as he explores another Better Roads adventure.
1: We're happy to be visiting today with Gary Emery. and Gary is the Regional Executive Director for Pacific Region of Open Bible Churches. Gary, welcome. Thanks for joining us.
0: Great to be here. Thanks for the opportunity.
1: You know, I don't think I've ever told you this before, but you are one of my favorite teachers because <laughs> you uh, you always aim for the heart, Gary, not just the head.
0: Yeah, thank you. I, uh, we've we've had a long, long, wonderful relationship and I appreciate you so much and, and glad this worked out for us to do this today, it's great.
1: Yeah, and you know, you've been in ministry now for how many years? You and Joe Neal, your wife. Yeah, we met in high school and I went to a Bible college together
0: in Eugene and uh, was started volunteering at our church uh, during the time we were in college, and when I graduated in 1979, they brought me on staff, and we did that for a number of years. Then we planted a church in Sacramento for a number of years, and we came back to Oregon and pastored our home church. And then I've been doing this for about the last 20 years. And so, what is that? Uh, 41 going on 41 years.
1: Yeah. I forgot to do the math. Let's go with that. Yeah, 41, 41 years. years. Wow, a good period of time, anyway, that you've been doing this. So What do you find is one of your greatest joys and maybe some of your greatest challenges of what you do now?
0: Well, you know, I really love uh, working uh, with younger leaders, and uh, I get to help serve about 100 churches and a whole bunch of pastors and and kind of opening doors for younger leaders, giving opportunities and and kind of being there with them when they uh, have their first uh, opportunity and maybe, maybe their first heartache. and. And just uh, help them I love church planning, that's a big part of what we do and I've got a great great team of people that uh, really through I, I kind of look at our at our churches and our pastors I feel about I feel about our pastors of those churches the way that I felt about my own congregation when I was pastoring a church mm-hmm. they kind of are my congregation and yeah. I, I really feel uh, about them that way so
1: yeah so in this Better roads podcast we we talk about the choices that we make about the roads that we choose but some roads Gary we get assigned mm-hmm. some of them we just find ourselves on the road and we have to go down that road and you've had that happen to you I know uh, four or five years ago you had something happen to your vision and I could you tell us about what took yeah, place?
0: Yeah, so it was uh, about five years ago I was uh, leading a regional conference every other year we have regional conference where all of our churches and pastors come together we move it around this particular time we were in Spokane Washington and so it's a, it's a big deal something we planned for uh, for quite a while and and the busiest day of the 3 day event is the second day we have our business meeting we had sessions all morning uh, sessions that afternoon evening it was just a it was a it was a big day and so I uh, woke up that morning and uh, I was shaving in the mirror and I noticed that in the in the hotel uh, bathroom there it seemed like the, the left side of the room, like maybe there was no lighting over there. I thought, oh, maybe somebody needs to get up here and, and fix the put, put a new light bulb or something. And, and I was busy and just kind of moved on through my day. And But all during the day, it, f- it always felt like the left side of the room was, was kind of dark. And uh, when I got a break, I went and kind of did a little eye check where I covered one eye. And uh, right eye was fantastic. I covered my right eye. I looked at my left eye. It was all of a sudden my vision had dramatically decreased. I said, oh, that's not good. And and so I just kind of got through the rest of the conference and uh, got home uh, over the weekend. Uh, First thing Monday morning, went into the doctor and uh, he sent me to a specialist, a neuro-ophthalmologist. And and, uh, what they told me was that the optic nerve in my left eye and the optic nerve is the um, nerve that connects kind of the back of your eyeball to your brain. So we see through our eyes, and then it goes through that wire, that that nerve into your brain. Actually, we see it in our brain. And uh, but they said that optic nerve had died, and they said uh, that it won't come back. It's just it's just gone, and um, we just need to find out. Uh, for sure what caused it because most often they say it's just an unknown cause and that's that's ultimately what they came to but in the meantime they were checking for things like brain tumors and multiple sclerosis and all these different things that it could have been it wasn't any of that and so you know there's a certain amount of adjustment when you just can see out of one eye you can still drive but you just have to be more cognizant of things around you you lose a lot of your peripheral vision you lose some depth perception so there's a lot of adjustment The doctor had told me said uh, only about uh, one out of five people who lose one eye in your condition will lose the other. I thought, well, that's not the greatest news I've ever heard, but that's not too bad. And we got through that first year, and the doctor said, okay, so I think we've done what we can do. I think you're stable, great. And I said goodbye, and I said, uh, I laughed. I said, I hope I never see you again. So, Uh and uh, so I went on, and the next five years were fine, and. Then, um, this last October, I was returning from a, a missions trip, uh, we'd been in Colombia and Costa Rica, I came back, and on the plane on the way home, I, I again, I kind of noticed the same type of thing, but this time with my one good eye, with my right eye, and uh, got home, same kind of thing, it was over a weekend, get in the doctor, and sure enough, they sent me back to the same doctor, and I said, oh boy, I told you I didn't want to see you again, and uh, here I am, and and so that that eye was uh, going dim as well, same exact condition. And so I've been blind now for about about three months, and learning how to to adapt and you know working with the the Commission for the Blind there where I live, and and learning new technologies and and trying to trying to figure out how to do what I do.
1: Mm-hmm. So, so. I neglected to mention that you do live in Eugene, Oregon, and. Yep. Um, I, I try home to the home of the mighty duck. That's right. <laughs> I, I Try to put myself in your shoes and think What would it have felt like when I first got that word and you, and you hear the word blind? How, how did that hit you? What did you do with that?
0: Yeah, well, you know in a way it was a little bit gradual because I had the five-year thing before so I had a, a better understanding of What was happening in the right? eye. I was about 90% sure when I got that uh I went to the doctor the second time, that it was the exact same problem as before. And so in one sense there's a little a uh, little bit less mystery, but going from having one eye to essentially no eyes, I do see a little bit, but uh that you know, that that was that was huge. And so you go through a lot of a lot of questions. Um you know, the why question Mm. is the one that wants to scream at you yes, all the time. Yes, yes. And I learned early on in my life uh, through a one of my first real uh, heavy-duty pastoral situations that the why answers, they are going to scream at you, but you're not going to be able to have a good answer for that. Um, I say it like this, why answers are like cats, you know. <laughs> Uh, the ca- a cat will come when it wants to come and <laughs> you can say kitty, kitty, kitty and you know, put a high <laughs> squeaky voice and do all these things and they just look at you like you're <laughs> stupid. A-, a dog, on the other hand, what, an- what answers and how answers, they're like dogs. Hey, you know, Coco, come here, come on, and boom, boom, right up on your lap. And so what I've tried to do uh, throughout my life, especially in this situation, I say, okay, I'm going to put the why question off to the side because I I don't know if I try to put a put an answer onto it, I'm going to probably screw it up, and so I focus instead. Okay, okay, so so how do I do what I do? What does this mean? And it's more action oriented because the why is not really going to get me anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know?
1: mm-hmm. So. How do you? uh, I know you've said you believe in miracles. Uh, Talk to us about that.
0: Yeah, I do, and you know what's amazing is that. um, And I, you know, I grew up in a a Pentecost, wonderful Pentecostal church, Open Bible, and and uh, pastor for many years, and had the privilege of praying for people and seeing them miraculously healed, and some gradual healing, some immediate healing. In fact, it was weird. We were just in Colombia and Costa Rica when the second thing happened, and we saw some amazing miraculous things. I mean, just, just like, wow stuff, you know? And uh, you come home, <laughs> and then you get one of these things, and of course we pray, have been praying, and are praying, and we've got so many, and I've been prayed for, had people lay hands on me and pray for me, and and I've had, uh, you know, people all over the country, and even other countries have said, hey, I'm praying for you all the time, and I really do feel the the power and, and comfort of their prayers because there's there's a lot beyond the being blind, there's you know a lot that comes out of that that you've got to cope with too. So I felt a lot of that, but at the center of it, I haven't been healed. And um, so I, this is the way I've postured myself, and maybe this makes sense to some, maybe it won't, but I just say Lord I'm I'm believing you for a miracle and I I basically say to people hey I'm on that miracle list you know mm-hmm. I have got my name on that list Amen. and I I believe you know I believe in a God who can do anything so Yes but at the same time I I don't believe on waiting uh, for a miracle uh, when, when you have a life to live Yes um, I thought a lot about the the man that w- the man that was by the pool and uh, Jesus comes on and says, "Do you want to get well?" He basically gave all the excuses. Of, well, I can't yeah. get well because, uh, you know, when the when the water stirred, you know, the angel troubles the water. And nobody helps me to get in. The first, I'm not the first person in. That whole story, by the way, sounds pretty strange to me. But, yeah. but I'm not, I can't get in there. So he gives all the reasons why he can't be healed. Basically, he was waiting on. Uh, his whole life was just kind of waiting for a miracle, and and for me. You know, I'm 62, and I've, I've still got things that I know God wants uh, me to accomplish. I'm still uh, a father, I'm still a husband, I'm a grandfather, I've got uh, responsibilities. And, and so I, I said, Lord, while I'm, while I'm trusting you for a miracle, I, I don't want to wait for one. I've, gotta, I've got things I need to do, and, and, uh, and that's kind of how I've postured
1: myself. So you're moving on, moving forward, with life. I've, I've been thinking about how, you know, with husbands and wives we all have certain roles. We get used to working with each other for over the years, which you've done with Joe Neal. How does this, how does this change hmm. now where, you know, I'm sure you would just go ahead and Joe Neal would go with you and how does oh, that, yeah. that affect you? Well, it's,
0: you know, it's been interesting because uh, we, we met in high school. By the way, we met in a competitive speech and debate class, which so if you're going to meet somebody to get married to, you know, it's like more dangerous than online dating. Maybe right there, is meeting somebody in a bar or someplace, you know, I don't know. But, uh, but, uh, but we've had a, We really have had a wonderful marriage. No marriage is perfect, and and but we do debate once in a while, and, and so. Uh, but but we've had a really great marriage, and I was thinking about this the other day because uh, nobody else uh, will uh, deal with the impacts of this more than her, other yeah. than me, of course, but other than her, because it, it, it kind of almost gives her like another job, and and especially as I'm still in the early phases of learning, there's a million little things that you would never think, of. you of just close your eyes. Now, I do see a little bit. I don't want to give that disclaimer. I can see just kind of a, a couple of feet in front of me in kind of a shrouded way in the daytime. It's like a bright white fog at, at night. That fog becomes very dark, and, and so, um, but if you go through your day with kind of your eyes closed, you get a sense of how dependent you can be on others. And, and it's just my wife and I at, at home, and our kids are raised, and so uh, a lot of things uh, default to her. I'm trying really hard to be as independent as I can, but sometimes even in that effort to be more independent, I end up spilling something, dropping something, making a bigger mess for her to have to clean up, um, you know, <laughs> I got is a... Funny, but uh, the other day, <clears throat> uh, I'm, I'm home. She had to run some errands, and I'm just sitting on the couch watching the news, or ki- kind of watching, I was listening and kind of watching. Mm-hmm. Like, kind of see ghosty figures on the on the news, which, you know, the way the news is right now, ghosty figures are probably pretty appropriate, <laughs> but, uh, but <laughs> I'm sitting there, and we got this puppy that just re- totally refuses to be potty trained, you know, like this dog just believes, hey, you guys don't go outside, why should I not, And I can, I, can, I can smell that she's left a little Tootsie Roll close by. But you don't know and where. I, and, and I don't want to get off, the I know I'll step right in it, which is kind of a metaphor for all of life. I just know I'll step right in it. So I, I, I called Joe Neal, and I, I kind of did uh, kind of my own version of that uh, that horrible TV commercial. My dog is pooped and I can't get up, you know, and uh, so but it's just like a lot of things I broke it. I dropped a glass on the on the floor and it shattered in a million pieces I I couldn't move. I was in my socks. I just had to stand there. I couldn't help. So there's a lot there, but but with with us um, i was so I'm so thankful that we've had such a great relationship and we've looked for what are the blessings of this? Well, one blessing is that we f- f- even physically you know in proximity have to be closer to each other because I use a cane sometimes but most often with her I've got my hand on her elbow and or maybe we're holding hands and you know, I've always been a fast walker. Even when we're on vacation, I'd be, we'd be going someplace, and I'd have to stop and I'd look. And she's like twenty steps behind me. You know, that's just, you know, so I'd wait. And
1: I, you know, I always that. felt
0: like she did it out of respect. You know, I think Abraham's wife walked like behind <laughs> her. But uh, so it's been an ongoing. But now, of course, I can't do that. And uh, you know, we're and it's nice we're close by. And I, and I thought, what would it be like if we had a horrible relationship and maybe she's gotten a huge argument and then the next thing I need her to help me walk you know down this uh, street or whatever and uh, so it's it's a man I have the most incredible wife and it's a it's a lot man You, you know all the focus tends to go on the person who's going through the thing you know name name what the thing is I have great friends that Wife been going through cancer, but I tell you what, a lot, a lot, a lot goes on in the spouse, and same thing with us. So,
1: yeah, she's my hero. So, you're, you're talking about how you are adjusting to the dependency and
0: uh,
1: new ways of doing things, mm-hmm. and um, how is how would you describe this has affected you spiritually? I mean, you you're walking with the Lord like you've always walked with the mm-hmm. Lord, but is there anything else happening to you as a result of this?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, a couple of things. Um, you know, we always pray pray with our eyes closed. Is that where we were taught? I don't know where we learned that, and In the Bible, actually, Jesus always like lifted up his eyes to heaven, but we always you know pray with our eyes closed, and so in a way it, it, it just sounds strange, but in a way, I, I just feel like I'm praying a lot more <laughs> because I and I think I am because you know your 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 world is um darker, obviously. Um, and I just feel like I commune a lot more with the Lord than I did. Uh, The other thing, I I think, is um, the whole uh, aspect of of faith and depending upon the Lord. You know, uh, the word faith uh, really means the leaning of your whole personality or whole personhood on the Lord, and... um, you know in in most day to day things that we go through and we yeah we trust the Lord we, we have faith in the Lord and you know we're thankful for our provision but we know a paycheck's coming in 2 weeks and we we thank the Lord for we, we we depend upon the Lord for you know a good marriage or whatever but we have a decent marriage so we we really don't depend on him but when you get into these situations where all of a sudden you're having to learn everything new and and I remember the first—I um, guess it was the second time. Because the first time I just shared my testimony, that was easy to do. But the first time I really preached in a church—I speak all over the West Coast and stuff—and as and a part of my work, and love doing that. But first time I was going to speak and really preach in one of our churches after becoming blind, um, you know, preparation is different. Yes. I now think. there are tools, and I'm learning to u- access these tools. But like, so I do. I read a lot of audiobooks, but that's different than finding references. So you use Siri, you use Google. There's a voiceover program, and you're. I'm learning all this stuff. So there's a lot more. I notice I'm a lot more just on my knees, just going through it in my heart and my mind, uh, and saying, Lord, if I, you know, there's no way this is gonna gonna uh, help anyone unless you really. Uh, show up, and he's been really wonderful, but man, the the level of dependence upon him mm-hmm. is way deeper,
1: and, and that's good. And I noticed you wrote recently in a Christmas letter that you said, since losing your eyesight, you said, I've never treasured the light like I do now. Yeah, it's it's something, you know, just for me personally,
0: and, and by the way, I just a little, little factoid that I learned, only about of the people who are blind are like 100% lights out blind, like close your eyes, that blind. That's very few uh, people. I've I've met some, I've talked to some, uh, but uh, so I see, like I say, I see a little bit. And for me, uh, when I'm outdoors on a sunny day, uh, the sunlight, and I'm sure there's a scientific reason for this that I haven't studied out, but the sunlight gives me more um i get to, i i can see more and i can see better mm-hmm. it still isn't anything like before but it is and sometimes i'll just go and stand out in the front uh, courtyard of our house and just soak up the the sun and kind of look off the hill there and, and see the grass which which looks green cuz part of being blind too is that you're gen- almost completely colorblind when you lose what I've lost, a so little bit of what I see, it tends to be. A, but but that day I could see green grass, and 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 I go inside. You can have all the lights you want, in the world on really, and all it does is for me is it creates a lot of glare. Doesn't give better vision per se, but the the sunlight. And I thought, isn't that isn't that something like the Lord that yes. His light good. is different than the light of the world? You know, uh, the light that this world can bring. He His light. Is so much more beautiful. Amen. So more
1: powerful. We've been talking today a lot about how you have adjusted to and you're dealing with the road that, well, seemingly was assigned to you. You didn't choose this road, and how you adjust to that, how you deal with that, and allow God to work in you through that. But as we bring this to a close today, I want to ask you about the other roads in life. There are many that uh, you and I make choices that we make, the roads that we take. Some are good, and some are bad, and you could give a recommendation today and tell someone summarizing your life, Gary, what are some of the better roads you have chosen, you're pleased about?
0: You know, I mean, I could talk about the, the choice of to say yes to the Lord in ministry, to say, uh, to 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 marry uh, not just the right person, but hopefully to be the right person when you get married, and, and those kinds of, you know, do we go here, do we go there, those are all really important choices, but I think what I would really say is you know, the, the choices that I've made and that I encourage other makes, others to make, you know, you'll make the no victim choice in life mm. so that when bad things happen to you or difficult, things, like this, when, when things happen, you get to decide whether or not you want to be a victim or not. And, right. uh, you know, that's, well, there's a lot of victimology out there, but you can't be a victim and be a leader simultaneously, Period. And so, m- making a choice not to be a victim. Uh, making a ch- uh, the integrity choice to do the right thing regardless. I, I've learned that, you know, a lot of times we want to find solutions that makes everybody happy. Yes, you know, that's, that's not even scriptural. In fact, it, it might just be a trap. Uh, but we can always do, always do what we know in our heart and mind is the right thing. How people respond to it, that's not on us, but we can make the integrity choice. Um, and I think the, the, the cause choice is one that I think about a lot. You know, when David um, was uh, very young and, and uh, seeing what was going on at the, uh, outside of Bethlehem there with, with Goliath and the way that nobody would, would stand up and take him on, he, he, uh, something rose up inside of David. Uh, When he spoke to his brothers, and he says, "Is there not a cause? Isn't there something Mm -hmm. that really matters here?" Mm -hmm. And that's what I ultimately try to think about every day of my life. There's a cause that we're part of. Jesus could have done this whole saving the world thing, you know, without any of our help. You know, I mean, he paid the price, but he he didn't need us to go out and evangelize and start church. He could have done all that, because he's God. He's, he, uh, but he lets us be involved in the thing that gives him the greatest joy, and that's seeing men and women, boys and girls, uh, come to faith in Christ. And, and just that, that burning with that cause. I, I don't know where I got it exactly, but I can remember being a little kid out of my paper route at you know, 5 or 6 in the morning. and I, I, Even then I knew I was called into ministry, and I would think about the day that I would stand before the Lord And I would give account, not you know, not whether I'm going to go to heaven or hell. That's settled at Calvary. But, but to give an account for what I have done, with what how I've stewarded what He gave me, what I've done with the opportunities that He's placed in my hand, and I want to hear those words, "Well done, a good and faithful servant." Mm -hmm. So I just encourage people, man, you're going to go through stuff. I mean, you're just going to go through stuff. Don't be a victim. You know, live with integrity and keep the cause of Christ paramount because this life here, this is the short life. You know, there's an eternal life that's ahead and that's the one that we need to be focused on now if we're going to enjoy things the way we want to enjoy them then. And
1: so, yeah. Amen. Powerful, Gary. You know, I think as I've been listening to you, I think this is your finest hour in terms of modeling leadership for all of us. You've been doing that today in this podcast, and I want to thank you for sharing. Thank you, Randall. appreciate the opportunity. And thank you for joining us on this Better Roads podcast. I invite you to join us again next time.
0: You have been listening to Better Roads with Randall Bach, President of Open Bible Churches. Join us next time as we explore how God is part of another person's journey.